Welcome to another special edition of Crosswalk and the series Cross Culture Reconnect. The purpose of the church is blank. How would you fill in that blank? In the culture in which we live today, there is an increasing number of people who have little to no church background. Most people know that a church has something to do with religion. They might even connect the church to Jesus, but they may have no idea what the purpose of the church actually is. Today, Pastor Clay is picking up where he left off last week, discussing the purpose of cross-culture church. We're in the middle of a series entitled Cross-Culture Reconnect. We're looking at who we are as a body of believers, including what our purpose is as a church. Thanks for being with us today. Now here's Pastor Clay. We are reconnecting with who we are as a church, and we have walked through several things already, and each week I've reminded you of those real quick. I've done a real quick uh, review uh, because I only do this, you know, maybe every couple of years that we really go through this as a church, and so I'm taking every opportunity just to remind you again and hopefully to encourage you that if you have not, if you, or if you were not here for those messages, you might want to go back and listen to those messages. But we started off a few weeks ago uh, restating our name. And we talked about what our name means, what it, uh, what it uh, implies for us, what we hope it implies to those around us, and what we want our church to kind of take on uh, the look of our name. And you can go back and listen and we'll walk through that, that it's not just a name, not just a, that it actually has some, uh, some, uh, some, some idea behind who we are as a church. And then we reintroduced our strategy in the, really at this point in the life of our church, who we are, the kind of two, two-pronged approach to a church. We focus on uh, small group gatherings that we call life groups, where, where small groups of people, 8, 10, 12 people or so, gather on a regular basis and, and do life together and five functions of the life group. And Pastor Bill's been over a lot of that stuff and will continue to do so. But uh, that's an important part of who we are as a church. And then the other uh, approach is our, our large group gathering, corporate worship for us, and we also offer it, of course, in our children's ministry as well. But we reintroduce that strategy and why that strategy is important and why we focus on that strategy. Then next, we, we rekindled our passion, talked about what our passion is as a church and why I think passion is so important. And uh, just reminded you again of our passion statement that we're taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross. And we must be very passionate about that very idea and that from that springs off who we are as a church. That if we're passionate about something, we'll get behind that something. And if we're not passionate about it, quite honestly, uh, we won't. Rekindle our passion. And then a couple of weeks ago, uh, refocus our vision. We talked about the vision, the bold vision that we have for a church and what that will look like in God's timing as we're faithful. And it is a bold vision. You might want to go back and listen to that if you weren't here for that message. But it's believing that God desires to do something great to, for his honor and for his glory. Not for ours, but for his honor and for his glory and for the changing of eternal destinies. And so that vision is that, that's, that's that direction we're going. This is where we believe God is leading us and what he wants us to do and accomplish again for his honor and for his glory. And then last week, we started into remember our purpose. Now, some of you, if you're new, well, you're, it's not a matter of remembering it. I mean, you're just hearing it really kind of for the first time. But it's good to remember things sometimes, isn't it? It's, it's good. to not, not all. I know not all memories are good and that kind of thing. Some things we like to put out of our mind, but it's good to remember certain things. And we're remembering our purpose and what our purpose is. And we started last week with the first aspect of our purpose, which was this, that 
that part of our purpose is to connect to our culture with a Christ-centered calling. We have a Christ-centered calling, a, a mandate to connect into our culture. And I showed you that verse, I believe, in uh, 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 John 20, 21, I think it is, about Jesus saying that, that he's sending us in the same way that the Father sent him. So it's not, it's not ambiguous, it's not up for discussion, it's, it's not something that we can, well, I think this, I think, no. We have this calling from Christ, and that calling is to connect into our culture. And I shared with you a few ways that we can do that. And one of the things that I, I said was that we can cultivate our relationships. And I really want to challenge all of us in this place, if you're hearing it for the second time or the first time or whatever, to think about ways that you can cultivate the relationships that you already have. Now, we're going to make new relationships all along the way, right? We're going to, we're going to meet new people. We're going to engage new people. We're going to, new neighbors are going to move in. Old neighbors are going to move out. New people are going to get hired that works beside you. Uh, new, new relationships will be coming along all the time. But in those relationships that we already have, how can we further those relationships? How can we cultivate them to a point where we can have the opportunity to share Christ with them? And I, I gave you some ideas in that, and you can go back and listen to it, but cultivate our relationships. Second, customize our evangelism. Y'all remember me talking about that last week? We're all different, right? Some of us are more different than others, but we're all different. And we need to find ways in the way that we are created to, because it, again, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, no, it's not ambiguous. We're supposed to go. We're supposed to connect to our culture. But some people are just, I mean, they're just naturally outgoing. They can go up, they can talk to anybody, right? They can, I mean, they can make friends on the spot. You know, they just, total stranger, and five minutes later they're hugging and, they, you know, they're exchanging phone numbers and they're just, there's great, you know, lifelong. It's just amazing. Others of us, maybe we're a little more withdrawn. Maybe we're not as, as, as vocal. Maybe we, but we still, we've all got this calling. We've all, we've got to connect to this culture. So what we're saying as a church is, and listen, a lot of this is on you. Now, we're always thinking, you know, the, the staff's always trying to come up with ways and things that we can perhaps do uh, that would help, you know, spur uh, all of us on. But a lot of this is on you guys. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then, then nobody knows you better than you do. And so you've got to begin to think, now let's see, what, what do I do well? Or, or what am I interested in? Or uh, where do I spend a lot of my time? How could God use me and my gifts and my talents and my abilities? How could God use me in a way that could, that could connect in to our culture? It might be, and I, I, did, I gave some things last week. It might be baking. It might be, maybe you're, you're, maybe you're a, a tech, tech person. You know, you're really good with computers and stuff. What if you just, uh, what if you sent a flyer around to your neighborhood or your apartment complex or whatever and said, um, uh, free IT checkups. <laughs> what? What if you did that? Okay, what if you did that? All right, I know, you, you might get a lot of calls. All right, is that a bad thing? Listen, and you can, I was just thinking about some of this stuff, but you know, you can set the ground rules yourself. You know, maybe that all you might do is just a preliminary check of their computer and say, uh, this thing's got 672 viruses, and it's, it's, I'd get rid of it if I were you. You know, you might want to just, you know, and that's, and that's it. You might want to not want to do any more than that. Uh, all I'm saying is, who are you? Who are you? Because who you are is who God has created you to be. 
and the gifts and the talents and the abilities and the skills and the experiences and the, the interests and all that stuff that you have. God can use it. But you've got to figure out, all right, what, okay, what, let's see, what if I, uh, what if I, I, I like to read. What if I started a uh, book of the month club in my, uh, in my workplace? In our work break, we're going to read a book. All right, and you just start building. You understand what I'm saying? We've got to find a way to connect into our culture because we are not designed, it's not God's intention that we would be an island unto ourselves. Our church is not to be a private country club where only, only us Christians get together, but we are to look for ways to engage our culture. So how about if we customize our evangelism? Again, challenging you on cultivating your relationship, I want to challenge you to think of ways that God can specifically use you and who you are to touch hearts and lives. And then the third was challenge our culture. And I said this last week, I'll say it again, and then we'll, we'll move on. Uh, it's, it's just not, it's not enough to just gather a group of people and, and, and make everybody feel good or, or whatever else. There has to come a point where we challenge them with the truth of God's word, which says that all of us are sinners and all of us are separated from God and all of us need a redeemer. That's the bad news. The good news is all of us have a redeemer who is available to us because Christ has come and he's redeemed the world by his payment on the cross. And if we would receive him as savior, you too could be saved too. To challenge our culture with that very message. I don't, it's not enough to just fill up this room. I remember being uh, somewhere overseas years ago and um, there was a guy uh, on the streets it was, in, it was in Kenya. We were in, uh, we were in a city called Kasumu, and there was a guy begging on the streets, which is, you know, that goes on uh, obviously everywhere. But um, uh, this gentleman spoke English, and the guy I was with, and we engaged in this conversation, and, um, and he, he wanted money to, uh, to eat, which is, is fine. I mean, you have to judge the legitimacy of each person and all that kind of stuff and what's going on in their life and what, what, all that kind of stuff. But anyway... Um, I remember my friend saying to him, um, he said, listen, I want to make sure you understand something. If I, if I give you money to eat, I, I may fill your stomach for a little while, but without Christ, you, it doesn't matter. You can go to hell with a full stomach or an empty stomach. And so, and I just remember, and, and, the, guy, and the guy said, yeah, he said, you're right. I understand what you're saying. We have to challenge the culture, ladies and gentlemen. They have to know that that actually what God says, we have to do that. So, connect to our culture. First part, connect to our culture from a Christ-centered calling. With a Christ-centered calling. Second, and here's where we're jumping off this morning. Part of our purpose is to change our culture through a Christ-centered compassion. To change our culture through a Christ-centered compassion. To change it from, quite honestly, the mess that, that it is. And not, not everything about the world or not everything about culture is bad, but there's a lot of badness in the world. Would everybody agree with that? There's a lot of sin and, and war and crime and murder and, you know, all different kinds of stuff going on. It's certainly not, we know it's a result of the sin curse, but we certainly know it's not God's desire that men and women would treat each other this way. And part of the purpose of the church is to change the culture in which we live, and we do that with a Christ or through a Christ-centered compassion. Would y'all say that word with me? Compassion. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? First, here's what it means. 
Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man came, not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. There's our model right there. Christ himself says, I didn't come to, to be served. That's it's never what, what this has been about. But to serve other people and thereby demonstrate the compassion that Christ had for us and that we sh- should have for others. Now, How do we break that down? Well, first, how about this? How about caring hearts? Caring hearts. Here's one of my favorite sayings. We need to give a rip. Somebody's got to give a rip. We have to care that the world is desperately, hopelessly, totally lost. And by the word, when you use the word world, I'm just referring to the world without Christ. It's, it's lost. It's, it's hopeless. It's, have, have, you ever, have you ever engaged in conversation with somebody that just has no purpose in life, no desire to live, no whatever the case may be? And you and I have to, somewhere within ourselves, and I'll talk more about it in a minute, but we, somewhere within ourselves, we have to decide that people are worth investing our lives in. Even though it costs us something, even though it takes our time, even though it's a frustration, even though, you know, I may get 67 phone calls about fixing somebody's computer, whatever it is. We have to care. If we are the body of Christ and Christ cared, then she'll care. By the way, let me stop and say this. There's not a person in here that doesn't care, right? So I'm saying this and y'all are saying, yeah, yeah, all them other people need to care. I care. Which some other people would care. And there's not a person in here that doesn't care. So I'm, when, when, I'm, when I'm standing up here carrying on, I'm not, I'm not saying you don't care. I'm not saying I don't care. I'm just saying, do we care enough to do something? That's really the question. Do I care enough to do something about the fact that the world is lost? Do I give that much of a rip? How about uh, these verses? Uh, Romans chapter 9, verse 3 This is astounding to me. The Apostle Paul says, for my people, my Jewish brother, Paul was Jewish. For my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. That's caring. Paul's saying, dude, I'll go to hell if that would save other people. Now, Paul knows it. He understands theologically it doesn't work that way. It's not based on my merits, his merits, somebody else's merits. It's based on the grace of God and a person's willingness to give their life to Jesus Christ. But, but, but it shows us the heart of Paul. Do you and I have that kind of heart? Now, think about it a minute. Think about the people in your life. Think about your family. Think about your, okay, all right, all right maybe, yeah, got a heart for them. How about our neighbors? Even the ones that never wave. How about your boss? Would you be willing to cut off, be cut off from Christ? If that uh, doesn't work theologically that way, you understand. But would you have that kind of compassion, that kind of caring? I, I'd, I'd be willing to go to hell if it meant more people could be saved. Here's another one, 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. Again, Paul uh, commending the church in Thessalonica. He says, constantly bearing in mind, watch this, your work of faith and, say that next part with me, labor of love. You see, this is not, I know, I know we all get tired, right? We all, in this, you know, reaching out or 
this church or setting up. And I, but this is a labor of love. I want to do this. I, I want to be a part of this. Why? Because I care. I'm, I'm saying that's, that should be our attitude. Our labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. Caring hearts. Give a rip. Here's a second one. Committed hands. Give yourself. Obviously, you can see how all these are interrelated, folks. And as, I've, as I said last week, basically every week, everything that I'm saying is interrelated and that's intentional. We want our vision to, to line up with our passion. We want our passion to line up with our purpose. We want our purpose to line up with our strategy. All of those things should sound very similar. Committed hands. Give yourself. Luke chapter 9. But Jesus said to him, no one, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know what he's saying? He says, listen, if you're in, be all in. If this is real for you, then sell out. Go all out. Give everything that you have for this thing called the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and the building of God's kingdom. Don't, don't, it's not, we're not testing the water with our toe to see if it's warm. It's, you either take the plunge or you don't when it comes to following Christ. Now, I understand there's a maturing process. is what we call sanctification, growing in Christ. I know all that. But Jesus doesn't, doesn't, you know, beat around the bush here. You take a hold of this thing, you better hold on. You better go for it. Because that's, that's what it's about. We need Committed hands around here. I think I've said that several times during this series. We need committed hands around here. We need people to say, I, 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 see the, I believe in it. I believe this vision is, is biblical. I believe the, the purpose of this church is, is biblical. I believe what they want to do is to bring glory to God. I believe they want to see and, and bring people to Christ. I believe cross-culture is about that. I want to be a part of it. And we need to come alongside. We need to commit your life, your whole life. We need to commit yourself to this thing and saying, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going to give my life. I saw this show the other night. Um, my my father-in-law was in town. He's building me some bookshelves very graciously, building me some bookshelves because my books are very lonely in the attic in their boxes, and they really want to come out. Um, and so now I have bookshelves. And uh, so um, we we were it was uh, evening. We were sitting down or watching uh, one of Cindy and I's favorite uh, channels, HGTV. Uh, who's who's an HGTV junkie? Come on, yeah. We know who we are, and we're okay with it. And there was this show about, uh, I don't know, radical homes or amazing homes, or uh, I don't remember what it was. But there was this home uh, somewhere. <laughs> I'm giving you a lot of details. There was a home somewhere. But anyway, these two, uh, oh, it was, in, it was outside Lima, Peru. That's where it was. Um, two philosophy professors, um, husband and wife, had this house built. And it was an amazing house, and it's, you know, you just had to see it. But the thing was, it wasn't just their house. It was, it was intended to be their tomb. They, they were going to, they, they wanted, when they died, they just wanted to die right there. And that's where the, and the house, I mean, I don't, I guess nobody ever is going to move in. I, but but the, the house is designed to be their tomb. That's, that's their final resting place in the house. Now, listen, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I don't want anyone to keel over here today, uh, it, you know. But, but I want us to approach um, the work of the ministry with that same idea. Man, I, th- this is until God, you know, takes me somewhere else. And if that's heaven or that's, that's fine. But this is where I'm going to commit my life to the building of the kingdom of God. 
So it's not about, well, I'm, I'm looking for a church that does this, or I hope, I'd rather have a church that does this. Or I'm, look, when we ought to be looking for a church where we can invest our life. I, I, I'm just telling you, I just think that's biblical. Committed hands, give yourself. I, I'm unabashedly upfront when I tell you I want you to give your lives to the kingdom of God and to give it here at Cross Culture Church for as long as God would allow you to build this thing. Caring hearts, give a rip. Committed hands, give yourself. And the last one, creative minds, give some thought. Give some thought. Uh, look, look at this uh, verse in uh, Matthew chapter 10. Jesus is talking, so he's sending his disciples out, which, by the way, is you, your disciple, if you've given your life to Christ. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Is that not the world in which we live? Now, he's not, I'm not saying that everybody else is evil and only, we're, we're the only good people. No, it's just, he's just saying that's, that's, that's the analogy there. I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be shrewd as serpents, and innocent as doves. Now, I don't know what all, I mean, there's a lot you could think about in there. But somewhere in there is the idea that Jesus is saying, now listen, you just think about this. As you're going out there, and if you're going to engage this world, a lot of them don't even want to hear what you've you got to say. A lot of them hate what you have to say. So come on, think about this. That's what we need. We need creative minds around here, ladies and gentlemen. We need you to give some thought Give some thought to how you're going to reach people. Give some thought to your evangelism. All those kind of things. Give some thought to how we as a church can continue to engage our culture. At this point in today's time together, I was going to have Jenna Brown come up, our creative director, and just share her heart a little bit about how creativity is used in in every aspect of who we are as a church, in the development of our outreach ideas, and in the development of our worship experience, all those kind of things. Uh, some of you are, who are part of Cross Culture know that Jen and Will, one of their daughters, Felicity, has been battling cancer for uh, about a year now. And she's in the hospital right now. Uh, there's bacteria in, one of her li- in her line and they're having to do surgery and that sort of thing. I know you, and many of you guys are praying for, for them. But obviously, uh, Jenna couldn't be here uh, today. But I, but I am Jenna's number one cheerleader. And her team, her whole team, and it is a team. It's not just Jenna, it's not just Will, it's a whole team of them. We need more on that team, though, quite honestly. We need, we need people to, and sometimes it might just be running, picking up a print job that's been done. Or it might be uh, sharing some ideas about website development or, or design. Or um, it, it might be, my, one of the greatest needs that I know she says she has are for people that, that will, what she calls uh, mining internet mining, to, to surf the internet for some particular pictures or videos or things like that that we sometimes use in our worship experience or in different capacities and ways like that. She needs people doing things like that. It, it, it might be working in the back. It might, I don't know what all it is, but, but to think creatively. Because sometimes people think, oh, well, um, I, I can't physically do what the setup team does. Or I can't musically do what the praise team does. But you have your set of skills as well. And that's part of what, who we need to be as a church. Jesus said, think about this now. Think about how you're going to engage them. Think about how you're going to reach them. Give us some thought. Um, let me kind of wrap this part up uh, by just saying this uh, to you. And many of you have heard, heard me say this many times before. But one of the reasons I keep pushing you to consider committing to the seven challenge, that board that we have out in the hallway... I keep asking you to commit to the seven, seven challenge and stop by there and pick up that Sharpie and sign your name right there on the board 
as other people have. One of the reasons I keep asking you to do that is because it gets to the heart of what we've just, just talked about here. Caring hearts, committed hands, creative minds. It gets to that and, and more. But part of the seven challenge, part of the prayer of the seven challenge, includes this prayer for myself, for, for each person that's part of that seven challenge. And some of you that have already taken that challenge, you know this. To pray this prayer, Father, give me eyes to see them the way you see them. And I know that's so hard because we are so busy. We're on the go. We're Yesterday I had to go to FedEx, mail back something that we bought for our house that turned out to be, never mind, don't get me started. It was expensive to send it back. It was expensive. Did I mention it was expensive to send it back? And... Um, so, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll admit, I went in there, I'm a little, I do not want to do this, do not want to mail this thing back, and not want to, da, da, da. and, um, but here's this uh, sweet young lady uh, named Paris uh, waiting on me there, and um, I, I, I can be so busy and so frustrated or so aggravated about this package and what it's going to cost me to send it back that I can, can completely look past Paris. You know what I'm saying? See people the way God sees them. Father, give me ears to hear them the way you hear them. Because we hear, hey, how you doing? Doing great? Oh, doing great. How you doing? But they're not doing so great. So listen. Sometimes even stop and say, no, 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 really. How are you doing? That person at the water cooler. Or that, that student that's in the lunchroom that nobody talks to. To hear them the way God hears them. Ask God for that. Give me a heart to care about them the way you care about them. We don't even need to debate that, right? How much God cares. Give me a mind to think about how you would reach them. God, what would, what would you have us do here? The creative thinking. Give me a mouth to say what you would have me to say to them. Boy, I, I, that's an important one to pray. <laughs> to pray. Because how many times have you and I said something in, in a moment of frustration or anger or whatever and knew well, I probably better not give him an iVite card now. <laughs> God, give me a mouth to say what you would have me to say to them. Give me hands to serve the way you would serve them. Give me feet to go where you would have me to go to reach them. Somewhere in all of that is the caring hearts and committed hands and creative minds and a lot more. But to pray, listen, I've said this before. Every time I bring this up, I'll, and I'll say it again. You can't pray that day after day after day. You can't pray that without being changed by it. Without beginning to engage people differently. Because you see them and hear them and think of them and care about them differently as a result of that. And I just, again, challenge you to consider the seven challenge if you haven't. There's more things on there. There's more things to pray for and all that kind of stuff. But that's part of it. That's praying for yourself and praying that every day. For yourself, those seven items. Okay, to connect to our culture with a Christ-centered calling, first part of our purpose. To change our culture through a Christ-centered compassion. Third, to create in our culture a Christ-centered community. That's what we're trying to do here, ladies and gentlemen. We're trying to create in our culture a Christ-centered community because a Christ-centered community is a good thing. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, 2. Paul says, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, we know that Paul taught the Corinthians and other churches much more than just the basics of 
of who Christ is. But what he's saying is, is that everything flows off of that. Everything comes out of that Christ and who he is and what he's done and what he wants us to do. To create a Christ-centered culture. All right. What does it look like? First, consecration of ourselves. We're, we're, just, we're just called out. We're called to, be, to look different as a result of the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 12. We, we even sang about this idea this morning. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. This idea of consecration to, 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 to this calling, identification with Christ and Him. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. You and I, if we're going to create this Christ-centered community, we have to understand that, that it means that, that we are called out of our old life, whatever all was with that. We may still live at the same residence. We may still work at the same place. But there's a different person as a result of the relationship that we have with Christ now. I'm consecrated. I'm set apart for the glory of God and the purposes of God. Consecration of ourselves. Second, celebration of our God. That's part of a Christ-centered community. The celebration of our God. Do you celebrate him? You celebrate, and I know not just Sundays when we come in here, but when we come in here Sunday, this is the only time during the week that we have to come together and corporately celebrate the goodness of our God. Now, this isn't in your outline, uh, but I was just thinking last night as I was going over this and praying through it and just thinking, you know, what is it we celebrate about our God? How about this? How about his greatness? How about the greatness of God? Can we celebrate that? Is it possible to celebrate the very greatness of God? We sang some songs about that this morning. Look at this verse, 1 Chronicles 29, 11. This, this is powerful stuff right here, folks. Yours, O Lord. Listen, oh, let's, let's just stop. Would you read this verse with me out loud, please? Think about it as you read. Would you read this verse out loud with me? Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. It is the very greatness of God. And you and I should be able to celebrate that because of his greatness. We know that there is no safer or better place to be than in relationship with him. This verse, maybe some of you have Quoted this verse before, Psalm 48, 1. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, his holy mountain. Man, just, just I, again, I know it's not just here on Sunday morning, but to slow down and stop and celebrate God because of his greatness. Not only because of his greatness, but how about because of his goodness? Can we celebrate God because of his goodness? Isn't that, that's the old timers, you know, they, you say that all the time, that's all the, you know, God is good. See, I know some of y'all. God is good all the time. And all the time. Man, that's, 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 that's celebration ground right there, man. I, I, I love, <coughs> excuse me, I love Psalm 34, 8. <clears throat> I love this verb. You say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I, I love the way the psalmist put that. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. It's just the very goodness of God. I, don't, I know when we come in here on Sunday morning, 50,000 things can be running through our mind uh, from what has transpired in our lives 
to what's going to transpire in our lives, to work, to home, to kids, to, uh, to bills, to everything else. But you and I need to come in here and we need to have this idea in our mind that God is great and I can celebrate him, that God is good and I can celebrate him. The very goodness of God. All of these, of course, are connected. The last one, how about his gift? To celebrate his gift. Many of you may be familiar with Romans 6, 23, but this is from the New Living. It says, uh, I like the way he put it. He says, you get what is coming to you when you sin. It is death. That, that's, that's just, that's, that's it. As a sinner, that's what I deserve. But watch this. But God's free gift is life that lasts forever. It's given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. To celebrate our God. That's part of who we are to be as a community. And people ought to come in here. And, I, and again, I know this, this, this one opportunity week that we have that we're gathered together. But when, when people come in here, when guests come in here for the first, first time. And listen, hey, and by the way, I got to hurry up. We got to finish. But by the way, praise team will probably appreciate this. Um, y'all, y'all, y'all know who y'all are? Y'all would really help us if you would get here and be in here at 1030. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the praise team. It's, I mean, not that they don't appreciate the three people that are in here at 1030, but it's hard to get some, some mojo going. It, you know, when there's three people and you don't know what I'm talking about. So I know you got your coffee down there and your donut and, or your, you know, and a lot of people, I know, I know I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Uh, it's it's to, to celebrate our God and to come in here uh, it really is just people. What I started to say was guests ought to come in here and whether, whether they're believers, some guests come in here, they may already be believers. They're new in the community or they're, you know, God's let them, whatever the place is. But some people aren't a believer in Jesus Christ. They're still looking for this thing. And I've talked with several the last few weeks that are not believers yet. They ought to come in here and they ought to, they ought to be blown away, quite honestly, with the way we celebrate our God. Now, listen, I know the Bible lays out some, some pretty good things about Things done orderly and decently and all that kind of stuff. So, I, you know, I, I don't think we ought to be uh, jumping pews and, you know, what, whatever. I think there's some biblical guidelines there. But, but my goodness, we, we ought to celebrate the goodness of our God. And they ought to come in and say, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I believe in their God or not, but I can tell you one thing, they're sure glad they got him. The greeting team is making their sacrifice by staying out there to greet for a few more minutes because they're greeting Everybody else, get in here at 10.30. All right, all right, let's go. Celebration of our God. All right, here we go. Concentration on God's word. Boy, I don't have enough time to do this, but i uh, got a lot to say about concentration on God's word. And just to say to you that, um, uh, that in some respects, from a, from, an earth, from a human perspective, this may, this honestly may hold us back some as far as our, our growth is concerned. I'm not putting that off. I'm just saying that, that this is always going to be a... a, a, a Bedrock principle across culture church, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do the Word of God. We're going to preach the Word of God. We're going to teach the Word of God. Our life groups, not every life group may, may do a particular book study from the Bible, but everything that they do is biblically based. That's where we want it to be. And we're, we're going to have a concentration on God's Word. That'll be part of our purpose because it's part of, ought to be part of our community. Uh, look at this verse in Psalm 119. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So can I ask... And y'all are here, so, uh, but what in the world, if, if I was, if I wasn't up here and I was down there, I'd be asking, what in the world 
am I doing if in a church that's not teaching the Word of God? If this is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path, why in the world would I want to be at a church that doesn't teach the Word of God? I know I'm throwing other churches under the bus, and, not, and lots of churches teach the Word of God. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, wherever you go in the rest of your life, don't settle for anything less than what is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Um, how about this one? Colossians 1.25. Paul says, I've become its servant. I, I think uh, referring to the church. I've become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The whole counsel of God. It takes a long time to work through all of that. But that's one of the reasons I like to preach through books. Because you preach through books generally tends to, to hit most of the stuff that comes up in our lives. <laughs> I'll tell this real quick. Tell on the uh, Dave, Dave Helford. Uh, all of our staff, great. I appreciate Dave and his teach because Dave is committed to teach your students the Word of God. He teaches them the Word of God. And I know uh, a while back he was doing a study in the seri- uh, a series in the book of Genesis. And uh, after he finished it up, he kind of surveyed the students and he said, you know, what direction you ought to like go next and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he said, one student said, well, I'd kind of like to, uh, to uh, d- hear about something that really has to do with my life. <sighs> listen, listen. <laughs> it's got to be the Word of God, ladies and gentlemen. This, this, is, this is where it is. Uh, real quickly, real quickly. Second uh, Timothy 4, uh, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. You notice how it's all in there, the word of God? Yes, I wanna, I, I'd, I'd love to tell you all every week about, you know, how y'all doing such a great job and how God, you know, your best life now and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes I got to exhort you. Sometimes I got to rebuke you. Sometimes, because it's all in the word of God. And, and would just let it do its work. Preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with great patience and instruction. Watch this. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. I'm telling you, you are living in that age right now. Maybe to some extent, but never, as, I, as I've studied history, never have I seen such an increasingly uh, movement, increasing movement towards turning away from the word of God. Among the, ch- among the church, I'm referring to. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. Okay. Um, concentration on God's Word, and then the last one, the collaboration of our lives. This is what we ought to look. Remember, we're creating in our culture a Christ-centered community. What does it look like? Well, it looks like these things we've just looked at. The last one is collaboration of our lives. I know we don't like each other all the time. I know we get on each other's nerves. I know, I know all of that stuff, right? Just like family. That's what family does, you know? Why did, why did he do that? Why did she, you know? I understand that. But, but you, you, our life, folks, we, we, got, we got to come together in this thing. We got, to, we got to do life together, which is why life groups are so important. We keep promoting them. Uh, look at this passage of Scripture. In Acts chapter 2, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day. Now watch this. This is, this is the result of what was going on with what I just read. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness. And sincerity of heart, praising God, and having favor 
with all the people. That's very interesting to me. Because not all the people believed. But I think all the people appreciated, maybe even admired this relationship that these believers in Christ had. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who are being saved. I, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but when, when we get our act together, when we love on each other, and, and lots of times we get it spectacularly right, and other times we miss things. But, but when we come together and we collaborate our lives, when we do life together, I'm telling you, the people you work with or the neighbors you live by or the whatever, they cannot help but take notice. And since I moved into our, our, our house uh, here uh, two or three months ago now, uh, we've had several neighbors who, who live right around us that saw there's like, you know, 30 cars of people that came and helped us move in uh, that day. I had several neighbors say, man, we just, we never seen such thing. You really got a lot of folks that love you. And I said, yeah, they do. Because I didn't have any money to pay them. <laughs> it, it, I'm telling you, people notice. When you do that act of kindness for something, when you, when you say, oh, no, man, I, this, this is my family. This collaboration of our lives coming together and what we can get done with the power of God working by us. I'm telling you, people will notice and the Lord will add to the number day by day those who are being saved because they'll want to be a part of I'm telling you, people want to be a part where they belong and where they feel like they belong and where they feel like people love them and care about them and aren't judging them for who they are or what, where they messed up or whatever. Right? Right? What's my theme song? For the church? That's right. That's right. That's right. That's, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's why, that's, why, that's why bar stools were full last night and church seats are empty today. Because they go there and they meet people and they may be drunk, but they're hugging on each other and they're friends. And Norm comes in. Everybody knows their name. All right. Enough. Got to close done. All I'm saying is this is our purpose. You've got some notes. Maybe you took notes. I encourage you to take that with you and give some thought this week about that. Our purpose as a church, how do we do this? Can we do this? Is this biblical? Am I willing to do this? Connect to our culture, change our culture, and create a culture. As you heard Pastor Clay say today, that's the framework of our purpose here at Cross Culture Church. And all of it is built on Jesus Christ and His cross. Fleshing that purpose out, of course, requires a lot of detail. And as you heard Pastor Clay share some of that, we hope it helped you understand a little more about who we are as a church, why we exist, and what we want God to use us to accomplish. We're glad you spent some time with us for this week's Crosswalk. Cross Culture Church is a new church in North Raleigh. But instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. We meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. And we welcome anyone and everyone who is looking for a place to learn about God's plan for their life. At Cross Culture Church, we experience the liberating, satisfying, life-changing power of the cross. And it's our desire to bring that power to a culture in need of freedom, hope, and joy. We hope you'll come join us on a Sunday morning. We'll save a seat for you. I'm not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the place where your soul is fed. So hungry and thirsty, come and be blessed. I want to lead you to the cross. I want to lead you to the cross.
Cross Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org.